our next episode. The fourth episode. The fourth. Good, because I we're was getting there. Keeping track. You weren't keeping track. I couldn't remember what episode it was. <laughs> oh man, we've already been, we've already done so many episodes. So many that I you just, forgot which number it was. I can't keep track of it. Is the thing. It's you know that hard. that's fair. We've we've done uh, three normal episodes and in the making of three mini episodes. Yeah. So it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. Hopefully we get into the double digits, maybe in the far future triple digits. Never know how 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 long it's going to last, you know? Yeah. We're I at, think I think we got a strong start. Last time I checked, we're at like 172 listens. Really? Thank you to everyone. Dang. Did you guys like our uh, music at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, we we just made that just barely just now. Yeah, like just now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's good. Uh, we're, we're, this is gonna be our fourth episode, and I'm going to start this time. And I'm so excited to not start, guys. This is my first true crime story that that I'm doing on the on the podcast. I'm excited to hear it, but I'm also not excited because that means something terrible happened. Yeah, it's not a fun one. Oh. <laughs> not, not a very fun one for sure. Well, the good news is I don't have a true crime story today, so I'll be able to... Lighten the mood a bit. Some light in mood, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now to begin. Uh, I'm so excited. What story are you going to be telling me right now? I'm going to be telling you the story of Joe... Metheny. Joe Metheny. I can say with no doubt I've never heard of him. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Disclaimer, don't don't listen to this first half while eating. <laughs> don't Just do give, it. Um, about 20 minutes in. So um, the story opens up, 1994. An open pit beef stand has finally made their grand opening. Hmm. That was the year mom and dad got married. Oh, really? Yeah, 1994. What the, month is this? I'm not sure. Okay. The owner, the owner sold, in his own words, delicious roast beef and pork sandwiches. I'm kind of nervous already. And the customers did concur that it was good. Many came back to the stand just to enjoy his sandwiches. Though after a while, a lot of the customers began feeling ill and sick to the stomach. Headaches, nausea, and vomiting. The customers were appalled to find out that from what seemed to be a trusting local truck stop had apparently been selling sandwiches packed with real human meat to their very own customers. Ooh, why? Where did he get the human meat? This is the, the true story of Joe Metheny. Where did he get the human meat? Is that is that the most is that is that the part that's most alarming to you, no, or trying, is it the fact that he's selling human I'm meat to, <laughs> out of a truck stop and people are actually enjoying it? I am trying to <laughs> disassociate myself from that fact, so I'd like to just know where he got the human meat and not think about the other. This is like part. actually a giant fear, I'm sure, of somebody going to a restaurant and actually being s secretly sold human meat. That would be terrible. I know there's been Criminal Minds episodes about bad guys giving people human meat. 
Oh, really? Yeah, but I didn't know there was an actual case about it. Yeah, I, think... I, bet, I bet that was inspired by this case. Because this case is infamous for him selling human meat out of a truck stop. Pretty gross stuff. Pretty I'm gnarly sick to my stuff. Stomach and you haven't told me anything yet. <laughs> other than what the case is about. So that's not a good sign for me. Joe Metheny's early life wasn't exactly easy. His father was an alcoholic that was killed in a car accident when Joe was six years old. His mother, trying to support a family of six children by herself, wasn't able to fully care for her children while working double shifts. Even so, Joe Metheny's mother said that he was a good student, polite, and never mean as a child. However, when he turned 19, he joined the United States Army. His mother said that he served in Germany, but Joe Metheny himself claimed that he had served a tour in Vietnam, and while he had been there, he had become addicted to heroin. That's not a good start. However, United States involvement in the Vietnam had ended by that time, so that was clearly a lie. He, okay, then? Yeah, this guy's like a pathological liar. He likes to lie a lot. He lied about being addicted to heroin? Well, not not that, because that's some clear evidence. <laughs> but uh, within this article, it says that he's he, he lied about many things. Like, for instance, he said that he had a really hard life, but his mother said that it wasn't it wasn't that bad and that they they got around, you know? Yeah. And like, uh, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, but he, he was always said he always said that, oh man, it was tough growing up in the household. But his mother always just blamed it on him. He he said that I think it was something along with that he was neglected as a child. And his mom said that whatever neglect that might have happened, it would have been self caused. Self caused, okay. So it's like um he did it to himself. What was not a lie however, was Metheny's newfound addiction to drugs after he returned from his service in the army. On this subject, his mother said he just kept drifting further and further away. I think the worst thing that ever happened to him was drugs. It's a sad, sad story. He began spending all of his time in bars, living in makeshift homeless camps, and spending all of his money on crack, cocaine, heroin, and liquor. That's definitely not a good start. Yeah, definitely not. Probably not the, not the all best. All addicts are gonna do something terrible, like I'm assuming he's about to do, but not a great start for him. Despite his addictions, Metheny was able to find stable work as a forklift driver, and he even had a girlfriend and a son. And a son? Mm-hmm. How old is? Uh, you can continue. Don't answer that. In the next few years, he would develop a new addiction, apart from drugs and oh, alcohol. No. An addiction of killing. In 1994, Joe Metheny strangled Kathy Ann Magonizer with his bare hands and buried her in the factory he was working at with the forklift. What year is this? You don't know? This is 1994. Don't they have cameras? Couldn't they see him burying someone in their factory? I don't know, maybe they don't have cameras installed in the factory. I don't I don't think Dad's has cameras in his factory. Yeah, his does. 
does like inside the hey, big Dad, thing email us uh i'm not i don't think they have security or anything let me know if you guys have cameras or just like text us. or i can like call you <laughs> maybe that's more personal <laughs> yeah let's see where was i at he he had an addiction of killing people and he Bar- buried someone in the factory he buried her in the factory he was working at where Kathy's corpse wouldn't be revi- revisited until six months later by Metheny himself. Metheny decapitated the body, put the head six in a box. Six months later? And threw it in the trash. Six months later. What made him want to go back after six months and take her head? I don't know. Just like being completely enthralled with murder and I have no words. It should be said that he is a cannibal at this point. I'm sure it's a given, but he's obviously crazy, and he... Well, if he buried her body, did he eat? Well, he he dug it back up, tore off the head. I think he... Um, this was in a different article, but I think he buried the torso somewhere else, and then he threw the bo- threw the head in a box and threw it in the trash. That is so disrespectful, A. It's bad enough to kill somebody, but then you're just going to throw their head in a garbage can? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, you can continue. After his killing, Metheny realized that he had a thirst for more. This was his his first killing, right? So he had a thirst for more. Where did he meet this lady? Just walking down the street and they're like, you're the one I'm um, kill? Most of his victims were sex workers. No. Oh. So high risk victims. Well, mm-hmm. that's sad. One day, when Metheny returned from work, his wife and child were simply gone. Suspecting that his wife had left with their child to go live with another man, Metheny flew into a vengeful rage. He just jumped from A to Z like that? Oh, they're not home. They couldn't be at the grocery store or anything. They must be leaving me for another man. But his his girlfriend was also a sex worker who was also addicted to heroin. And they were, like, both into crack. So they were in, like, the bad business. Okay, that's not great. Um, this is the event that Metheny would claim sparked his spree of murders. No, I'd claim that the first murder sparked his spree of murders. After the disappearance of his girlfriend and son, Metheny went looking for them for days. He searched in halfway houses and under bridges where she used to buy drugs, but found nothing. Metheny had enough and went back home to retrieve a handheld axe. He returned to these homeless men whom he believed had been withholding information about the whereabouts of his family, and he killed them both with the axe. What the F? (laughs) Yeah, it it gets pretty dark. So not only is he a pathological liar, he's highly paranoid. Mm-hmm. Like, these men, these homeless men, they didn't do anything to me. They must be hiding something, though. So I'm just going to go kill them. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely... He's kind of a scumbag. Please or he don't. is a scumbag. Like, uh, tell me that the police noticed or something. Right. So he was arrested for these two murders of the homeless men. So he's arrested. He, he was arrested. Uh, he was eventually arrested for these murders, and even the 
told the law enforcement that he had committed three more unrelated murders that same evening, though no evidence was found of those. He went to court for these murders, and not even a year later, he was released due to a lack of evidence. So he's back on the streets. But he admitted. He, he admitted, but they couldn't find any evidence. Okay, but that's in a confession. Yeah, but... The he, confession ha- stands up in court. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But they, they still released him. They still released him in 1995. And he was still moving around because, I don't know, maybe his lawyers were something and... Just due to a lack of evidence, it says that he was released back into the public. Good job. Good job. Good job, justice system. Yeah, good good work. Having begun killing before the uh, the abandonment and stuff like that, when he claimed that it spur- spurred his murder spree, it seems that Metheny wasn't looking for revenge at all. He was just enthralled with the thrill of killing. So exactly what I said. In fact, he even discovered the whereabouts of of his family later, as he claimed. I found out about six months later she had moved on the other side of the town with some a-hole that had her out selling selling her out for drugs. They got busted for drugs, and they took my son away from them for child neglect and child abuse. Unfortunately, that knowledge didn't seem to quench his thirst for violence, in 1996, Joe Metheny killed Kimberly Lynn Spicer by driving a knife through her chest. Oh, poor Kimberly. Less than a month later, he was sharing drugs in his trailer with a woman named Rita Kemper. When Kemper refused to have sex with him and attempted to flee from the trailer, Metheny chased her back, chased her, beat her, dragged her back into the trailer, and attempted to rape her. Attempted. Kemper also alleged that he tried to kill her and even screamed, I'm going to kill you and bury you in the woods with the other girls. <gasps> Wait, so she's still alive? Yes. Metheny had buried the body of Kimberly Lynn Spicer at the factory where he worked. However, fearing that someone would discover it, he asked one of his co-workers to help him bury it. What? His co-worker immediately told the police, and Metheny was arrested the Good. same day. There we go. And, and at this point, he stays in prison, and he's not released again. Thank goodness. And now we get into the confession, where oh, no. he reveals more information. Oh, no. Well, at least he's off the street. Although you might expect a struggle from a man as violent as Joe Metheny, the arresting officers were surprised when he went peacefully and said, simply, I'm a very sick person. Once the police began to question Metheny, the true extent of his crimes was revealed. Metheny claimed that he killed up to 10 people, most of them young, most of them young white female sex workers whose bodies he dumped in the Patapsco River. For most of those victims, though, there was never any evidence found. And we know he's a pathological liar, so... Yeah, so we don't know if these actually took place. During his interview, Metheny also revealed some disturbing information about what he'd done with the bodies after murdering his victims. This is not the part I want to hear. 
In some cases, he was turning them into burgers. In Joe's own words, I cut the meat up and put it in some Tupperware bowls, then put it in a freezer. I opened up a little open pit beef stand. I had a real roast beef and pork sandwiches. They were, they were very good. The human body taste was very similar to pork. If you mix it together, no one can tell the that. difference. I don't want to know that. I did not need to know that. And I, I wish I still didn't know that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least we can rest assured knowing at least he's in prison now. But it's terrifying that this actually happened. Indeed, it seemed that no one could tell the difference, or perhaps no one could have possibly fathomed that they'd been served human meat. It is unknown how many people consumed Metheny's burgers. Metheny himself later said in an interview, so the next time you're riding down the road and you happen to see an open pit beef stand that you've never seen before, Make sure you think about this story before you take a bite of that sandwich. He himself said that? He himself said that. Oh my gosh, he's a... He's a... <laughs> Words that I will not say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Even though you didn't say those words, I agree. You know what I'm thinking. Yeah, for sure. I can. It's like telep te telepathy. Exactly. Sibling te telepathy. We're not twins. But sibling telepathy. Okay. That's a thing, guys. It's a thing. We, it we just came up with it. If you ever want to try on your sibling, just, uh, Daniel, you, it's, what am I thinking it's all of? about practice. What am I thinking of? You're thinking, wow, I would kill for some grape juice right now. You're right. Let's go. <laughs> but it has to be the cotton candy grape juice. The cotton candy grape juice. Mm, I see. Mm -hmm. See? It's telepathy. We've been practicing. We have been. Can we just talk about telepathy for the rest of the episode? <laughs> Don't worry. We're almost done. We're, we're like clear at the end. Okay, good. Um, Joe Matheny was found dead in his prison cell in 2017. Really? Mm-hmm. His final words to the press were, The words, I'm sorry, will never come out, for they would be a lie. I am more than willing to give up my life for what I have done, to have God judge me and send me to hell for eternity. Good. He said he killed because he enjoyed it. So he's not even sorry? No. Wait, was he on death row or did he... No, he was found dead in his prison cell. This is just the last thing he said to the press. Okay, so found his dead. His last recorded words. Found dead, do you mean he committed suicide? Someone went in there and killed him? I'm not sure. They didn't They didn't go into depth about that. I, I think it's likely that somebody probably murdered him. He definitely doesn't seem like someone who would commit suicide. Yeah. Because he's not sorry. Yeah, he has no guilt. He was probably murdered by someone who didn't like the fact that he, he had no guilt. Kinda so like everyone... In yeah. existence. Kind of like Jeffrey Dahmer. He he was he wasn't sorry or his his prison cellmates uh felt that he was very disrespectful to his victims, so he's like, Alright, this guy's gotta die. Well 
I hope uh, what he said is true and God sent him to hell. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Hope he stays there forever. Yep. Eternity. Burn. All right. That's that's the end of that case. <laughs> what do you, um, <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you ever if you're ever just walk, uh, driving down the street and you ever see something like a pit stop that you haven't seen before. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't just stop. Keep driving. Or something I like think that. I might go throw up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that, that might be a normal response to what I just said. So go ahead. Just don't do it into the mic. I'm sorry to anyone who decided to put this on while they were eating. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, wait. Disclaimer. Edit, edit this back towards the beginning. Edit, edit. Uh, disclaimer. Don't, don't listen to this first half while eating. <laughs> don't just do skip it. <laughs> um about 20 minutes in yeah maybe yeah maybe about 30 minutes yeah yeah well yeah 22 minutes and 21 seconds <laughs> well <laughs> to those who uh are now tuning in from eating yeah hello Welcome i'm going back. to uh, <laughs> Ease up the situation that Daniel caused a little bit. All right. Because I have a story suggestion. Ooh, our from... first story suggestion. Yes. Nothing too exciting because it's from my friend Kim. We haven't gotten any emails, but my friend Kim gave me a nice suggestion. Ooh. Of the Idaho State Penitentiary. So you can go there today. They charge $6 for admission. Wait, and... into the jail? It's a, it's Here's a close. Here's $6. Arrest me. <laughs> I guess I should say it's a it's a closed jail. Oh, okay. <laughs> they they charge six dollars for admission and two dollars extra for guided tours. Oh, cool. The first building started construction in eighteen seventy. Eighteen seventy. This was a long time ago. Yeah, long, long, long time ago. The penitentiary was built out of sandstone, which, if anyone knows, will make the building incredibly hot during summer months. Yeah. And freezing during winter months. So it's definitely not the best place place to live. live. But early prisons never are. Two years later, in 1872, they accepted their first round of prisoners. For 18 years, all prisoners were held in single cell houses that were four by four. Four by four feet? Yes. What the heck? So smaller than your room. Yeah, I can't even lay down. Yeah. <laughs> Most people couldn't lay down. That's tough. They'd have to stand up all day. It's not great. I mean, I get their prisoners, but like, what the heck? But after 18 years, they got bigger cells. Okay, that's good. In these four by four cells... They used a bucket for the toilet, one in each cell. The bucket was cleaned once a day, and cells were cleaned once a month. This building didn't get plumbing until the 1920s. This prison did not discriminate. They held men, women, and children. The youngest being an 11- And children? And children. What? The youngest was an 11-year-old boy. Holy cow. Because nowadays, if you commit a crime when you're 11 or a minor, you get sent to juvie or somewhere to get help, right? Yeah. Unless it's a very, very terrible crime. Uh-huh. But this boy was convicted for stabbing his mother in 1912. 
Okay. He was his name was Jim Whitaker, and he's the youngest child that was ever held there. Okay, that's not alarming. Unfortunately for me and all the other women out there, oh the women at this penitentiary were abused. Oh dear goodness! A lot more than the men because they were not separated from the men. Ah. And they often became pregnant and were raped oh. by prisoners and guards. Okay, well, that took a turn. <laughs> it's not great. No, it definitely no, took no, a no, turn. A start for sure. But I don't no. like. Is this a true story? Yes. Oh. This is the Idaho State Penitentiary. Okay. It's a true story. Crazy. Uh, in 1912, not 1912, 1920, they did get a woman ward built. So okay, they were separated from the men, but uh, still not great. I doubt their cell house was any better than what is going on in the other ones. Mm-hmm. By 1890, a new cell house was finished with three tiers of 42 steel cages. Wait, you said 1890? Yes. Oh, we're going back in time. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. Into the past we go. So this was, um, if you remember correctly, the, the, they first started accepting prisoners in 1872, and now in 1890 they got a new um, cell house okay. that was finished. I see. This was three tiers of 42 steel cells. The third tier was death row, and would face a rose garden. Uh, I have a picture of the tiered cell system here for you, Daniel. Oh, man. So that is tier one, tier two, the top tier being death row. What? Wait, how do they... Wait, what? They're steel cages separated by metal. Oh, and yeah, I, you, you just, like, go up the stairs to the top there. Yeah. That's that's a weird. The, those don't look very safe. No, they do not. No. So that is where they held prisoners in 1890. The Rose Garden, and Death Road faces the Rose Garden. The Rose Garden itself was actually a test garden in the late 1800s for Rose Company, Jackson and Perkins. Which, if I am correct, is still around today. Oh. And this garden was entirely tended to by prisoners. Oh. So they tended the roses. Well, that's nice. What's not nice is that the rose garden is where the gallows resided between 1901 and 1926. So the prisoners on death row could look out their windows and see the death of the gallows every single day where they would soon be sent what is the gallows gallows are where the prisoners got hung uh, uh, the death row prisoners got hung yeah so that's not great that's not great can you imagine looking out the window every day and seeing where you're gonna die yeah six out of the ten people executed were executed in the rose garden gallows Six out of ten? Yes. The That's whole time much. that this penitentiary uh, existed, only ten inmates were executed. In 1934, the gallows in the Rose Garden were torn down for the last time. Thank goodness. Because the warden felt 
that you know what that's kind of a bad influence maybe that's kind of bad for them to see especially younger inmates yeah so in 1934 the gallows were taken down jumping a little bit back in time again in 1923 a new building was constructed and it was the laundry building over the years it was used for many different things including short shirt factories laundry a license plate shop very stereotypical there bakery shoe shop hobby room and also hosted the communal showers in august 1971 one only one death occurred in this building it was during a riot sorry no two deaths occurred in this building one during a riot in 1971 Four days after the riot ended, guards found prisoner William Butler dead. He had been stabbed and beaten. He was found rolled up in a gym mat in the all-purpose room. Four days after the riot ended. Oh my gosh. Why the prisoners decided to put him in there? I don't know. And and he lasted four days after? Four days after the riot ended, he was founded. And they, they couldn't find him for four days. Another death that may have happened in this room, I couldn't really find any straight proof of it, just a lot of mentions in articles. It could have happened during the same riot, but an inmate was unfortunately gang raped in the shower room before being killed. That's a dark way to go. Yeah... Not great. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was supposed to be um, easing the mood, but apparently not. Because <laughs> in 1923, the cooler room was built for solitary confinement. They often held more than one prisoner, which makes zero sense to me, because solitary confinement, you get sent to for bad behavior. Right. To be mm-hmm. away from prisoners. But the cells aren't any better than the 4x4 that we mentioned before. In 1926, they're like, you know what? This is a little inhumane. We'll do a new solitary confinement facility. That's good. But it wasn't too much better. The inmates referred to this building as Siberia. Oh, dear. There was 12, get ready for it, 3x8 cells. 3x8? Three feet wide, eight feet in. At least, at least I could lay down in these ones. You can lay down in this these ones. I don't want to be standing up the whole time. Later, I will show you a picture of the cell. Okay. The inmates would be put in here for bad behavior and could spend days to weeks in Siberia. They were fed once a day, allowed one shower a week, and only had the light that would shine through small openings at the top of the cell. They had a bucket, still, to go to the bathroom, even though the building at this point has plumbing. They still use buckets. Why? Because there's no room for a toilet in this this solitary confinement, I guess. I guess that's fair. Guards later report that they could hear the men in these cells screaming and yelling. Like I would. I would as be well. too. 
So I have a picture for your uh, for your viewing of oh the cells that gosh. they went in. Why are you showing me these things? So it's three feet, and I'll get one with the door open, actually, because it's even worse. Oh, my gosh. This is the cell when it's open. Can you see that? Yeah, is, is it just that narrow the whole time? That's yeah, a lot it's only, more narrow than I thought. It's only three feet. Oh, feet, like this big. So it's not much room to walk around in. Literally, yeah, not at just all. sleeping room. Uh-huh. And standing room. And standing. Sleeping and standing. That's yep. all you do. So they only have the light that came through the bottom opening, if you can see it right here. Wait, they only had one little thing of light? They only got light that well, came that's through even this worse. crack. There's like no, no light, light bulbs in there nope. either. So it's just dark forever. Dark forever. That is awful. Yeah, so it's not much better than the other solitary confinement. Yeah, that would be scary to be in. I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't survive. You'd go insane. Yeah, you would go insane for sure. I'd probably be like lying on the floor the whole time, just like peeking through the little slot that I have. Yeah. The Same slot of light. Get. Staring at people's feet. Holy cow, that's awful. Yep. And that's why a lot of people in like solitary confinement, they have to keep their body going because they can get, um, what is it? Your bones start to become softer, I think, or more brittle because you're not getting as much exercise or sunlight. Mm -hmm. Like It's not good. And they were remaining here for periods of days or weeks. So it's not great. Not the and that's thing. how solitary confinement stayed for the rest of the time. In 1952, cell house number four was completed. And this is the largest and most modern looking building today. The suicide of Douglas Van Vlack made the headlines in this building. Because he was convicted of premeditated murder of his ex-wife Mildred and two policemen in 1935. He was sentenced to hang on December 10th, 1937. Pretty close to my birthday. Yeah. Uh, this one's not my fault. Yes, Blame Kim. not your fault. <laughs> Only two days. On the 9th... At least it's not the 12th. That would be bad. On the 9th, Marcus's sister's birthday... Ooh. Happy birthday, Corinne. Happy birthday. At 6.30 p.m., Douglas was visited by reverend, by a reverend to administer last sacraments. His parents also came to say goodbye. Just before leaving, his mother hugged him and whispered something in his ear. When his parents exited the cell, he broke away from the guard, scrambled up to the rafters, where he stayed on the beam. As the guards grabbed Annette, along with the prison chaplain and Douglas's attorney, they spent 30 minutes trying to get him to come down. Mm -hmm. Holy As, cow. Yes. The guards arrived after 30 minutes with the net, and he shouted, I have the right to choose the way I die. And he dove headfirst 30 feet. Holy cow. He landed. Did, did he die? Oh, dear. He landed on his head and shoulder, but was still alive. Oh, my gosh. 
I don't know what they were thinking, but prison officials decided to roll him onto a mattress and cover him with a blanket, where he stayed, and wasn't pronounced dead until until 12.32 a.m. on Friday the 10th. So the next day. The next day. Because this was at around 7 p.m. So so they didn't, like, give him any, like, health or any medical treatment at all, and they just let him... Not that I could find. They literally just let him suffer. I couldn't find anything saying that they gave him anything. They just covered him with a blanket. And his time with death was at 12.32 a.m. the next Friday. And he jumped around probably 7. And they just let him suffer that entire time. Yep. That's awful. And the most... My head hurts thinking about that. I uh, mine just. I'm sorry. My music app decided to turn on on oh. my headphones and started playing our <laughs> intro. There you go. It scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, I I just said my head hurts thinking about it. Oh, mine does too because the time that he died was 20 minutes after his scheduled execution time. So if he had just waited... He would have died sooner. He would have died sooner. It was later reported that his mother could have whispered to him that he could choose the way he died. Mm. It is also suspected that she slipped him a razor blade when they were saying goodbye because they found one on his body. I would have preferred that than landing on my head and then surviving. Me too. That's awful, dude. That's literally awful. To oh get us gosh. out of that little funk. Yeah, also please, a night. Get me out. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> also in 1952, an inmate smuggled a kitten. Oh. And the guards missed it. And the kitten was allowed to stay. Oh. And even had a funeral procession and a burial site for him when he died after oh. 16 years. 16? Oh. He was in the prison on his, like, little... He was just there. That's so wholesome. I know. It just gets you out of that funk, doesn't it? It does. Give me more. I want more. Now to put you back into the no. funk. Oh. In 1955... In 1954, cell house number five was constructed... And this was maximum security. So the worst of the worst. Great. It gets worse. This became the new home of Death Row. It was made up of entirely solitary confinement cells. Also, it had a built-in gallow and drop house to make it easier for them to move the body after it dropped. Oh my goodness. But... Only one execution was carried out here. Okay. That's good. Raymond Snowden was convicted of the murder of Mrs. Cora Dean. He is also deemed Idaho's Jack the Ripper. Oh, what? Because when Mrs. Cora Dean refused to leave with him while at a club, they got into an argument in the alley behind that club. She kicked him in the groin trying to get away. And he slitted, slit her throat and stabbed her 29 times, severing her spinal cord completely. 
You know how to put people in a funk. I, I got you out of it. Then I just put you right back in. You're so rude. So mean. It's not my fault. It's just how the timeline <laughs> went. Should I have waited for the kitten? Change the timeline. I know you can. Uh, yeah. I'll go back in time and I'll change it. <laughs> Thank my bad. you. Thank you. Jeez. I don't know if this is better or worse or how you're going to feel about this, but during Idaho's Jack the Ripper execution, the noose failed to break his neck. And he hung for 15 minutes, strangling to death. So he did not get off easy. Definitely not. After 101 years of this place being opened, the penitentiary closed in 1973 after a major riot. A major riot. A major riot. In this riot, inmates burned down the dining hall and the chapel. There's three riots that occurred in this place, 1952, 1971, and the one that ended up with the closure in 1973. The building housed an overall of 13,000 inmates in its years, and 129 deaths occurred. How'd they burn it down? Like, how do they get access to something like that? I don't know. It just burned down. That's Uh all they said. But 129 deaths occurred here, 10 of which being executions others were suicides murders or just the extreme heat and cold and terrible living conditions so so a lot of them were just accidents yeah and only 10 of the deaths were executions only 10 of them were actually planned yep that is awful that says a lot for the conditions i couldn't tell if the inmate that committed suicide saying i want to choose the way i die i couldn't just i couldn't figure out if he was one of the counted executions or if he was excluded because he ended up uh, committing suicide i'd say that's more of a suicide yeah but all the articles said that there was only 10 executions in this place uh now to get to some of the paranormal activity what yes the rose garden where the gallows was originally, is reported to... Sorry. The Rose Garden, which is where the gallows were at the beginning of Mm -hmm. the opening. In this area, visitors have experienced sudden severe headaches, seeing red lights floating around the garden area, and visitors... Goodness gracious. And visitors have also claimed to have seen a man in a prisoner uniform tending to the gardens, only to turn around and find that he vanished. Oh, my. They would think that it was an employee, but when they went to the museum directors, or, like, the secretary, the tour guides, they say, no, staff never wears prison uniforms. So, it's a ghost. Yeah. Visitors. That's, That's terrifying. That would be a good thing to, like, attract tourists, though. Yeah. Have, have an employee dress up in oh, a yeah. outfit. <laughs> and then just, like, run away. Run away when they turn around. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, visitors claim to feel the darkest feelings in Siberia and Cell House 5. Which makes sense. Siberia, solitary confinement. There's a lot of dark fillings there mm-hmm. as well as cell house five five because that was maximum security a lot of bad people there right 
in Cell House 5, where Raymond was executed, and he's the one that hung for 15 minutes before dying, people report hearing someone struggling for, for air, cell doors closing, and some even see full-bodied apparitions. Some Holy believe cow. that they've seen the ghost of Raymond himself. Many people have felt uneasy and an own and an overwhelming sensation when in the shower room where the prisoner could have been killed and unfortunately gang raped. A dark figure is seen in the shower room and it's believed that he was the prisoner that was killed and he's been spotted by several visitors. This is something that I didn't know until the very end of my research. The warden's son actually wrote a book about his memories of growing up in the Idaho State Penitentiary. Oh my gosh. I I don't know what's going to be in that, but I'm intrigued into reading it. Yeah, me too. anyone is like me out there and they want to look this book up, it's called The Warden's Son and it's by Jerry Clapp. And he supposedly goes into some of the things he noticed as a young boy. And his relatives encouraged him to write the book after he told them so many stories. I think he's passed away by now, but that book is out there. So I'm definitely going to get it and read it. That's pretty scary. If anyone like... This prison had a lot of baggage. Most old state penitentiaries or old prisons back then do. It's very sad. So you can get the book on Amazon as paperback for $13.95 or in Kindle for $10. I'm definitely going to get it. So if you're like me and you are intrigued in this and want to read his book, go there. Support some of his family members. It was written, or I guess it was uh, published in 2021. Oh, published in 2021? Yep. May 22, 2021 was the publication date. Oh, dang. So that's like real new. Yeah. So if you're interested in reading that, uh, definitely let me know what you think because I'm going to be reading it yeah, as well. Yeah. We, we'd be curious. Let us know. E- email our email if you have any story suggestions or if you have any experiences. Yeah, that's I'm not impressed podcast at gmail.com. And go follow our Instagram that we just opened. Uh, I'm not impressed pod. Yes. Let's look we have up. zero posts, but it's there. But it's there. Soon, soon to be posts. That would be. We're gonna post some stuff there if you want to see some exclusive content. Thank you, thank you guys for joining. Do you have anything else for us today? I know. Just no. We'll see you next time, and I'm not impressed with that cannibal you were talking about. Yeah, I'm definitely not impressed with those living conditions that those prisoners had to went through. So we succeeded. Yeah, I guess we. Succeeded. We're not impressed. We're all in a funk, and now my Just think about the kitten, guys. Think about the kitten. The kitten's the only good thing. (laughs) Yeah, Just keep the kitten in your mind. Keep the kitten in mind as you go on through your day. And we'll see you next Sunday. See you next Sunday.